Hey everyone, it's the Catalyst Coach, Malika Stubbs, with another episode of 0.68, The Catalyst Effect. I hope you're having a wonderful day and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. This season was inspired by a tweet I came across on social media on resilience by Zena Shea Brown. Her tweet really resonated with me and required me to do some additional inner work, which led to the creation of this podcast, a blog, a companion journal, which you should check out on Amazon if you haven't done so already, and my upcoming book. The power of storytelling using these different platforms has allowed me to strengthen my resilience. So to understand the concept more deeply, I've decided to hold space for us to do this together on this show. Welcome and enjoy. In this episode, I sat down with Kamikia Alexander, daughter, sister, mother, longtime friend, and attorney, to discuss her defining moments of resilience that center around her unique life experiences. And with each episode, you will hear stories from a different lens with a common thread, and I think you might hear some things that could surprise you. Check it out. I thought I was ready. I hope I'm not like, um, it seems like I'm recording. I hope I'm yeah, right. <laughs> I hope I'm not done and you go back it. and look at it it's like, no girl. <laughs> no girl, no. I probably should have tested it. Like, let me go back and read. <laughs> let me listen to this. <laughs> So what I'm going to end up doing in this series essentially is um, like kind of like sitting people down and kind of interviewing them around this quote that I was inspired by and then their posts and just like where I am with redefining resilience. So that mm-hmm. is kind of the top title, I believe, right now of this particular series of podcasts, this whole idea of resilience. So um I think my experience with resiliency probably didn't happen until adulthood where mm-hmm. yours may have started, but you know, in childhood. Mm-hmm. So I think that offers a different perspective on how you deal with adversity when it comes up, you know, if that makes sense. People look at you like, you know, you have a cape or something on and mm-hmm. I just am like torn with it all. I really am. We have to be resilient as women, as African-American women, as queer folk during a pandemic. I Um, just, I just, I've always seen you like that. Like, I mean, I think that, um, you know, when you're Black, Sometimes you don't become accustomed to the idea that you have privilege. Still, you can mm-hmm. have privilege and be someone that's in a, um, you know, a marginalized position. So I think that when I came into college and I met you and just hearing about your story and all that, it just, 
it gave me a, a level of saying like, okay, well, you have some privilege in your position um, or I did. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then making room for other people's stories, right? So I think that that was part of why, like I learned a whole, a whole nother, you know, experience and, and all that from a different perspective from you. A lot of the posts, I would post them, but I couldn't really read and read them. So mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't take it in until just recently, but I needed that. Isn't in it interesting moment. to know how other people experience you though, that you might not see that, that goes back to that imposter thing, how other people experience how you come across. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cause mm -hmm. I, when I tell you Mika, I would have switched spots with you any day. <laughs> I wanted your life, girl. <laughs> Jesus, I saw you in a completely, I needed you just as much as you needed me and you just didn't know it. Mm -hmm. I needed to understand that that too was a black experience. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. didn't know that kind of life. I didn't come from that kind of life. But to like, again, my, my I guess my perspective was limited because of my upbringing. And until I had those experiences and exposure, I didn't understand that we could go beyond mm -hmm. that neighborhood that I lived in. We could be coming from a two-parent home. That wasn't just something I would see on the Cosby show. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like your dad was a freaking engineer. <laughs> like, <laughs> who that is an engineer? My friend, daddy, this, this is crazy. You know, like. It's just so many things that you guys gave to me in those years that I just needed. And you probably didn't know, but mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you. Thank you. I'm here to tell you too. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to tell you too, that I learned, I would not be the person that I am um, and be able to see so many different perspectives of people had it not mm. been for meeting you and making connection with you and even learning to because I know that I feel like for myself I'm very insecure and it's gotten better than from when I was younger but mm -hmm. um, you know I feel like I definitely was blessed with friends who were able to bring me out of that to a certain extent and you being one of them for sure for sure I would have never known <laughs> no, I never know. I just thought you were sheltered. That's all. I was like, you well, got to see this other stuff. <laughs> you lucky, Mika. <laughs> you got a whole car. It's like, who has a car? Whose parents buy them a car? Look, and then wrecked it and got another car. Another <laughs> car. <laughs> I didn't come from a place where that was just the norm, girl. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Going through that is what equipped you for being able to go through just about anything. You don't think? When you say going through that, what do you mean by that? So like your, you know, the way that you, that you're, the way you grew up, like your, mm -hmm. you know, I just, from what I can remember, you know, your family situation was definitely not, our experiences were not the same. Like right, I right. didn't, I don't, I didn't have to do anything on my own, you know, if I didn't really want mm -hmm. to, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
it was always somebody there to pick up the slack. Sure. You were a unicorn. <laughs> In your situation. You you have definitely stood up and being like, I just remember like, I remember we got to college and you were like, um, because I don't know, did you not take the SATs or they weren't, yeah. So ACT. My, I did, but it was low, 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 low. So I was like, okay, so you, but you came in and I mean, that was a great program, right? That, that program that Miami has, I, and I think they still do it, but I also don't know if they necessarily expect everybody to succeed. Right. So but I think they from, just do it for the numbers and then they like, they ain't gonna last nowhere. They right. may last a year, but <laughs> they ain't gonna last. So you in a situation, what they say, rose out of the concrete, you in a situation where you came from here, they, they brought you in, but they may not have expected you to succeed. And you flourished and succeeded and continue to do that. So you just, you stand out, that's all. So I do have like the part where the impact of cancer, right? And I haven't asked you, but how was it when you found out, what was it for you when you found out that I had cancer? You know, I just felt like, I think, and I think I probably put it in the blog that it sort of comes to where you're like, man, I haven't been keeping a connection with this person that I had a deep connection with um, in a very formative part of my life, you know? And for whatever reason that I can't even remember what it was now. <laughs> Me, the girl. <laughs> when the connection sort of got strained. But I just think that when you have a real soul tied to someone, like that's something that really can't be broken. So mm -hmm. just to find out that you were going through something that I knew was, was you know, causing a great deal of pain and stress, that just... I think when people are, I think I might be a, a slight empath. And so it just really like I felt it. Like it was still pain, even though I didn't speak to you every day. So then I sort of, even I can remember even before I wrote it, like I struggled with, is it going to seem like it's disingenuine because I don't talk to her every day, but I still like really feel it deeply. Like if mm -hmm. I find out something had happened to you, like that would have been crushing for me. So, you know, I decided to just go ahead and do it anyway. And I was hoping that you were going to take it as coming from a truly genuine place because it did. I did. I um, did. But, you know, and even like when we ended up meeting together in Cleveland, like that was just beautiful for me going to that concert and everything else. Um, but yeah, so when I found out about the diagnosis, I just, I think. I just latched on to that pain because I, even though I wasn't going through it and haven't gone through it, I could still feel it very acutely, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. for you. Because I can, even though I didn't know exactly what was going on, like I knew in general that you have a, a lot of good friends and that's a blessing, but you may not have every, like you said, everybody behind you that you needed to, you would have needed to get through that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I just felt like it was important too to write that to let you, you know you know that you know other people were you know praying and rooting for you to for your healing. Mm -hmm. That got me through it. Like I never accepted it. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. never accepted cancer. Yeah, I knew you know that was the diagnosis, but I didn't accept defeat. Let's say mm -hmm. that in that way. Um, 
So like the words of encouragement, the prayers, like all of it. And like some people didn't understand why I asked a lot of people to write a blog post for me mm-hmm. and they didn't understand why I wanted to document this particular part of my life. Um, but I saw it as a redefining moment, like literally in the moment, I was very clear about mm-hmm. this moment. Um, and that's why I wanted to write about it. That's why I wanted to document it. I knew it would make me a different person and mm. as cancer do for everyone but I don't know if everyone has that clarity while they're in it mm-hmm. and people was like I'm not what's wrong with you <laughs> you know like I'm literally was doing videos and writing and doing things mm-hmm. in some of the toughest times I be in the arm you know um chemo being pumped and I still want to get on video tough times in pain still wanting to document it um but I just knew that I needed to have these pieces these breadcrumbs for me later Uh and so now I'm here and I'm like it's time to do something with this um Uh did it make me stronger sort of resiliency though because (laughs) (laughs) talk about it (laughs) I know you're tired of it, but sometimes it is what it is because, you know, it takes some strength to do that. When you don't feel good, when it's weighing heavy on your spirit, to still post the pictures you were posting. And I'm sure some of those times you did not feel good at all when you were in the hospital. So that was strength, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) you're right (laughs) and in the moment maybe I was just so in it where you know I didn't realize how much strength it was taking like Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't get it and and now I look back and just understand some of that Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time I could be tired Mm -hmm. I could say Mm -hmm. that and in the same breath it doesn't take away or diminish the strength that I still carry Uh 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 I don't know how to say that poetically but I just can be both (laughs) I can be both Uh yes and it definitely shouldn't diminish the strength that's the part where it becomes an issue is when it diminishes you know someone taking it as it, it diminishes your strength when really it's just you know, everybody needs it. Everybody needs to feel supported by somebody else. Mm-hmm. You definitely show to me the courage to do things that I might be like, oh, that looked like, like the, the camping trip. Like that mm-hmm. would be like something I'd be like, I would love to do that, but I would just be afraid to do it. And, but that's always been who you are. Just like doing things, stepping out and doing things. So well, I'm glad I you say- post and document because it, it definitely is inspiring people. So I want to tell you a little bit about Anchor and how you too can make your own podcast using this app. It's super easy. I just wanted to let you know that it's also free and free is for me. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can make a podcast on the go from your home, your porch, your lounge, wherever you are. Anchor will then distribute the podcast so you can be heard on all of the major platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 
This Anchor app also allows you to make money off of your podcast with no minimum listenership. So you don't have to have like a certain number of listeners in order for you to get paid from your podcast. Hello. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, you can download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get started. Maybe I'll read that first and then that way we can make the connection. So let me go back. I met Malika Stubbs in August of 1996 at Miami University. She quickly became one of my very best friends. I'm not sure what she saw in an unfortunately unfashionable, sheltered suburban girl from Fairfield, Ohio, but I am eternally grateful for her impact on my life. Malika is the epitome of strength, resiliency, dedication, loyalty, and love. She was a great friend to me. We laughed, we argued, we cried, we kicked it hard. She never held back with her opinion, always kept it real, a rarity in a world overrun by disingenuous, by the disingenuous. Malika is the originator of swag. She was always in <laughs> Even on a college student budget. Well, we had to talk about how I did that. <laughs> She rescued me from fashion confusion, see pick, and mm-hmm. took me into the glorious, per- perfectly accessorized light. I can't thank her enough for that. Malika is a lifelong learner, teacher, and activist. She spirited gracefully through any limits others may have placed on her. She had an insatiable appetite for learning and education an uncontainable desire to share her insights with others and was voracious in her advocacy for the least of these. Malika's spirit has not been broken by circumstance. Her light shines even in the face of soul-crushing adversity. And that tenacity coupled with her God-given gifts has equipped her for victory in this battle against leukemia. But like reading that, it's like, it was like you were speaking, I don't know, like about things that hadn't come to pass yet. But I guess I don't see myself like that, Mika. First of all, that imposter syndrome for Black women, we could talk about that. Real. Yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> topic because I still struggle with that now. But yeah, for sure. So do I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you wrote these words like you know like just talk to me about what space plays let's go back there um back in time for a minute Mm -hmm. because it's been seven years mika i am a seven year cancer survivor of a very rare right Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. and i'm a false here (laughs) (laughs) amen amen Now, I know your brother supported you in that he, um, you know, gave you the transplant, right? That you needed. Mm -hmm. But do you, what do you feel about like the rest of your family and their support of you? I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but there is like this unspoken thing about him giving me the transplant. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Did y'all want me to die? 
Um, but in our black community, this whole idea of um, medicine and um, mm -hmm. medical miracles, you know, God has to literally lay hands on you to cure you. You don't have to do nothing, <laughs> but right. there are things we still have to do, you know, um, where I don't know if he went against the family's, you know, kind of what was probably suggested in the background, like I wouldn't be going to let nobody mm. do no transplant on me. And then them not understanding even what I needed as um, I fought cancer, you know, yeah. as needing a bone marrow transplant mm -hmm. and not the kind of transplants where we think of like an actual organ um, being taken from your body, even though stem cells are just as important, if not more important. Mm -hmm. But um, I am... Um, just trying to figure out like now where I am with things because things still really hurt. Like these, this being strong every day, being alone in my fight, you know, I continue to be alone in my fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a chosen family and friends, but it's nothing like having your blood relatives being there along the way, alongside, or, I mean, no one from my family came to visit me in the hospital. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No one. Mm -hmm. That is just like another type of strength that I had to have as I fought for my life. Like imagine needing support, imagine needing family, imagine needing someone to understand your medical history and background where you can't even really tell doctors what it is because that's not something your family talks about or shares openly. Um, and so like that, that, that still hurts mm -hmm. to this day, you know? Um, and then I have to be okay with understanding their, their capacity for things. Uh -huh, like their uh -huh, understanding uh -huh. for things so mm -hmm. it's like and this is what it is because they never seen that before they never been there before mm -hmm. um so those barriers and things that I'm, I mean I truly am breaking all the types of generational curses right, and right. Um, exposing my family to things through my experience that they just would not have ever had the chance to do mm-hmm the capacity piece is interesting too though because even with um i think women struggle with this much more than men do and i think that part of the reason why it's a miscommunication is because they don't have the capacity to understand it because men are socialized to to expect women to take on all the burden mm. of everything so, so so but this is where i am with the storytelling piece and i feel like it's um we never hear the survival story, right? We we kind of talk about like the the cancer survivors of what they used to be like, right? Um, but I am present. I am here. There is a future me still ready to live and embrace this struggle that I went through. And I think a part of that is through storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I was like super inspired by this post. Mm -hmm. And one thing, I'm going to just read it. I sent it to you, but I'm going to read it too. Mm -hmm. It says, I dream of, of never being called resilient again in my life. I'm exhausted by strength. I want support. I want softness. I want ease. 
I want to be amongst kin, not patted on the back for how well I take a hit or for how many. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about the quote? So let's just start with the quote and then we'll get to just all of the hits you have to take. (laughs) I think in theory, it's like amazing. Like, yes, I'm tired of it. It's it, I, when do, when is someone going to be there for me where I can be all broken down and they can be the one who helps to pick it up so in theory it sounds great oh, or even like the self-care thing and all that it sounds great in practice when does it really when can you really have the time for that or when can that happen because I just feel like in my own experience if I were to take steps back Mm. and not be everything for everybody, then nothing would get done. Like I need a break. I feel like it's perceived as though like I'm being weak or like I'm being like, why you need a break when I'm the one carrying all the fucking load? Of course I need. (laughs) Right. Okay. Of course you need a break. You're not doing this. And then Hello. when I leave it to somebody else to do, they looking like, man, can you hurry up and get back so you can get back to, you know? Because <laughs> like you said, if you don't do it, it don't get done. So everything probably stops right there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not even an exaggeration. Like nothing would get done. That's how I feel. And I don't think it's a, um, I don't think it's an exaggeration or me feeling like I have this inflated self-worth. Like I just mm-hmm. noticed that nothing would get done. Mm-hmm. So... How is that possible? But I do say this, reflecting back on a quote like that, I have to also catch myself from like demeaning people who, not demeaning, but sort of critiquing people who are taking that time for themselves because I'm sometimes Mm -hmm. like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you taking a whole weekend to go off? I have a friend who took a whole weekend to go off and, you know, she got a room and you know, she was doing all these self-care things and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, why are you doing that? Like, you, do you need a whole, you know, three days? Why not just a night? Like, and so I'm like knocking her for when I should be like, yay, girl, just because I know I couldn't do that. Mm. So I don't know. It's like a balancing act, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that is where you know, where the burnout is occurring for me and like just really truly redefining it because it is not something that, you know, I am tired. I Uh am tired of taking a hit. Uh Like, uh. And even (laughs) as Black people, uh. even if we put it towards Black people, like it almost, because then it becomes like an excuse for you to go through things that you should have to alone it becomes an excuse like well you've been through that before even with black women and like pain in Mm. in the medical profession like Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about your pain because you're used to pain so and you get through it so I don't have to worry about whether you're still experiencing pain as black women so then we get treated in a different way than how white women Mm -hmm. or other people are treated but yeah it definitely comes down to like it's it's a it's a it's good but why does it have to always be necessary? Like, why do I have to always be strong? Why do I have to always go through these things? So, mm-hmm. yeah. No. 
and in our community, I think it's 10 times worse. And I say yeah. our community, yeah. Black community, even though we're both Black women, we come from different communities, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. even in our conditioning, our socialization, it's like we are even taught in a different way. Like, girl, you know, you have to do that for your man. You have to, you know, don't say that. Don't tell him you feeling like that or mm-hmm. whatever the thing is that you have to kind of continue to like go put your head down and plow through your emotions or whatever right. you hold back or whatever um, it is because that that was part of our conditioning, right? And then the, like you spoke to, when you do need the break or when you do take the time or request support is looked at as a weakness. Have mm-hmm. you not seen my fucking track record? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I am far from weak. However, right. this is a time where I need to fill my cup again. I am right. on almost E. You know how a battery is operating. Like it's in the red zone. I cannot mm-hmm. take care of myself in that way um, to the level that's needed. Let's just say mm-hmm. that I'm about to run out of steam. I just right. can't. I need to take time for myself. But not everybody sees that as a necessary mm-hmm. thing. that and then I also think that like just looking at example from women in my mom's my mom and in her age group then what ends up happening is you get to a point where you know the children don't need you if you had an occupation you might be getting towards your retiring so that's not a thing and then it's like what do I do what what do I like what do I what do I enjoy who am I like, mm. because you've been so busy holding everybody else up and their, you know, desires, wishes, and dreams. That's another part of it, too, because I definitely feel like I have put my desires, wishes, and dreams on the back burner so that I can support other people in their desires, wishes, and dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're so busy trying. To, it's almost like a, a, a pleasing kind of thing, too, that comes with that resiliency because you trying to keep make sure other people are happy. And not mm. to your own happiness. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it's not happiness, just not trying to upset the apple cart. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, so you got to continue to carry the load and be strong for everybody or everything or present yourself that way. You could be toe up on the inside just mm-hmm. so that it doesn't disrupt the balance that is whatever in this specific relationship that's happening. Um, I think that is another, like, like you said, another piece that don't get talked about with, you know, the resilience thing, um, and just the whole idea of having to be strong or put on the face of being strong so that your dreams and you, you have wants, you have desires and things in the back of your mind, but you continue to carry this load for everyone else. Uh-huh. In the end, you still end up jacked up because after you've lived a lifetime of it, there is no reward. There's no. <laughs> oh, somebody telling you you so strong. <laughs> there is no reward for it. Mm-mm. I don't know one person that I can really rely on like that in that way. But see, look, but look at that. I'm surrounded. You talk about you might be alone, but I'm surrounded by people. I, my husband, my mom, my dad, I, and all loving, beautiful people. 
But mm-hmm. if I were to stop doing the things that I do, my sisters, all of them, if I were to stop doing that, things would be functioning completely different, completely. So, mm-hmm. and I, I, my mom even said that to me not too long ago about like, I'm the one who's always like, let's plan this dinner. Let's do this thing so we can all get together so we can maintain connection. Let's do this vacation. Let's do all this thing. That's always coming down to me. My sisters don't call me and be like, what you doing? <laughs> let's get together. Like, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Miko do it. Miko make mm-hmm. sure it gets done. I do all the grocery shopping. I plan all the dinners. I even now just in the household, like mm-hmm, get the kids mm-hmm. to school, manage their appointments, figure out when they got to be hair, sports, blah blah blah. And in the end, when it will come down to it, I don't. I don't buy new clothes. I don't <laughs> sacrifice the struggle. I can barely get to the hair salon. You know all these other things for myself. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You come last. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that part of the struggle, oh, I, I just have to tell you, you're so resilient. You're so strong, Mika. Like, again, and what do I get? What's the prize? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's the, that's the message. <laughs> okay. Other than, other than you looking up and being like, okay, what, what was my life? Like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. What, what have I really accomplished? Like, where am I going with the, the next part of it? Like you're feeling completely lost in that. Yes. So getting back to the quote, she said, I'm going to repeat it. I dream of never being called resilient again in my life. I'm exhausted by strength. Mm -hmm. I want support. I want softness. I want ease. I want to be amongst kin, not patted on the back for how well I take a hit or for how many. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think we touched on all of those things, right? And how like, just, I guess in my situation of redefining these moments and being here in this space with you as someone that I, like you said, soul tie, formative years, like forever and ever will have love for, mm-hmm. no matter how often or how little we speak. I just think these are like the conversations I need to have with people and mm-hmm. again, document it, write it, talk about it, get perspective and mm-hmm. hold space for these things for people that I care about so that I can get my bucket back filled. <laughs> Girl, right. and hopefully in turn, fill your bucket, Mika, right? Mm-hmm. And let you know, I am here when you want softness. I am here to tell you, girl, you strong, but you ain't got to be strong today. <laughs> Right. <laughs> we could we could have time right now to take for uh-uh, like ease we just go ghost right now mm-hmm. um because that's so important giving ourselves permission for these moments like because we don't we don't we right. just keep right. going, we keep going. <sighs> so much to yeah. say man so I just want you to know like I invite you to come into this space with me any week any day if you get ideas, I hope it was useful because start- I don't know if if you know I was giving you what you were looking to get but I hope that <laughs> this is this is so my September challenge going back to me working with um my consultant coach mm-hmm. um it's so that I can step out the box and understand what I have Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you did that I'm gonna cry okay there's so much right mm-hmm. we just talked about all of the things 
So when I play this back, it's just to challenge me to see that these things make sense, Malika. They are valuable. You valuable and all um, all the plan, the plan to get to where yeah. you need to be. Mm-hmm. Yep, a part of it. Mm-hmm. And it is um, it is of substance. It's mm-hmm. great depth to the conversations we hold um, for each other just now in this in this space. Um, it's 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 meaningful um, on all levels. But for me, and that imposter syndrome, where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna just sit here in complacency, even though you know people are like you do it so much. Mm-hmm. But like, it's mm-hmm. something in me that says you have so much more, Malika, mm-hmm. and I don't always accept it. Yeah. So yeah. this is my challenge so that I can start accepting it. Mm-hmm. So thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. I <laughs> so appreciate you inviting me to talk with you and see you. Haven't seen yes! you. Yes. <laughs> Girl, since Beyonce, <laughs> look, we keep she's the only person that can bring too. us together. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she need to come on back out because you know I'll be back out in the street. I don't know if teacher's ass can come though because she a hater for real. So, <laughs> oh my God, listen, I love teacher, but I don't know what's her beef with Beyonce. Like, girl, <laughs> what's wrong? What What did she ever do to you? Right. <laughs> so you don't recognize greatness? Oh God, I'm sad. I'm sorry. I don't know what else she's gonna have to give. <laughs> Honey, she's giving us life, literally. <laughs> Resurrected us. Right. She has a whole Are you not entertained? You, Are you right. not entertained? <laughs> there were so many nuggets that I took away from today's episode. Part of resilience is facing difficult things head on and the ability to move forward by growing through every part of life's process. Struggling, as you know, is a natural part of living. But what matters most is how we react to the struggle. So if you are interested in exploring strategies around this work with a trusted, certified coach, you can reach out to me directly on my website, www.thecatalystgroup.net that's www.thecatalystgroup.net or send an email to me mstubbs at thecatalystgroup.net that's m-s-t-u-b-b-s at t-h-e-c-a-t-a-l-y-s-t G-R-O-U-P dot N-E-T. Remember to follow, like, and share this episode. And if you enjoyed what you heard, remember to leave a five-star review for me. You can continue this discussion on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following me at The Catalyst. That's T-H-E underscore C-A-T-A, the number one, Y-S-T with the hashtag, The Catalyst Coach. I would like to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Point Six Eight, The Catalyst Effect. A special thank you to my guests for being so open and vulnerable as we define moments of resilience together. And I hope you will continue to join me for these monthly chats 
And maybe one day we can all dream of never being called resilient again.